Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did go up there, Rabbits. Yes, yes, uh, welcome back, we're uh, here with the round of 16 wrap-up, a week where, I'm not going to sugarcoat it pretty much, uh, if you owned three particular manly players, and including one sneaky pod, you obviously had a fantastic week with a lot of green arrows, uh, we'll touch on manly later in this episode, but I think it's pretty clear who the, the three big winners were. And as I said, if you had them in your team, uh, well done, considering uh, Jason Saab was a, a bit of a pod move. Daly Cherry Owens as well. A lot of guys at Saab clearly weren't overly sure on who to uh, bring in for their halfback role. A lot of the people went with, with Jerome Hughes, who didn't set the world on fire in their 46 to nil thrashing over the Sydney Roosters. Nico Hines tops court with 104. What happens with Nico Hines when Pap is back? Obviously, the Melbourne Storm have their buy round this week, and all reports are that Pap is uh, going to come straight back into the fullback role. With Hines potentially maybe moving to the centres, I just don't see it. I, like, I hope he does, uh, for owners' sakes, but I think Nico Hines is probably going back to the bench at best, unfortunately. Uh, Dale Finucane with back-to-back good scores over 90. The tries obviously help, but if you did pick him up as a, as a sneaky pod move, uh, well done. With no Harry Green, that means the Cheese is playing big minutes at, at 9, and uh, Finucane is, is playing, I guess... Uh, Increased workload at 13. Not obviously the uh, the popular pick by far, but there was definitely some merit uh, to picking Finucane. I know a couple of you guys have sent me DMs saying that you picked him up, and yeah, a fantastic buy with two uh, 90s. Another 90 was from the Cheese himself, who is becoming a revelation uh, at Hooker with no Harry Grant. He's just becoming, uh, I wouldn't say must-have, but definitely someone that's setting you apart from the rest. And if he does pick up a new club next year, uh, with the amount of energy that he plays with, we saw him at the start of the year not really... Uh, get fantastic scores. I think that was down to the fact that he was... Brandon Smith being pretty open about his playing weight and how it fluctuates between 9 and 13. I think he came into the season uh, preparing to play a bit of lock and probably didn't have the conditioning to play big minutes of hooker. And we saw his super coach scores suffer because of that. Uh, but now he's moved into the role a little bit more. Uh, we're seeing big, big output from the cheese. Uh, Kenny Bromwich with an 86. A lot of people picked him up as a pot a couple of weeks ago. I think he bottomed out at around 350k. So if you picked up K Brom... Uh, it's been some tough sailing, but he can provide when he gets his attacking stats. Cam Munster with an 83, Adok Carr with an 82. Uh, and Jerome Hughes, as we touched on, um, the man who, I guess, was the most popular pickup for Cleary. Uh, only delivered with a 49, and that was with a try as well. So not fantastic from Hughes, but uh, on his worst day, if, if you say that he's going to get 49, I think owners will take that um, Yeah, pretty, pretty well. For the Roosters, zero points. Don't expect too much here. Angus Cried and Isaac Leo were the only guys to go over uh, 50. I mean, Daniel Tupu, a guy that I've been banging on his drum for pretty much all season now. 49 in all base, which is yeah fantastic if you're an owner of him. There's only upside to come uh, when the Roosters do score some points. Tedesco, 45 only. Uh, Sam Walker, absolutely 
bone rattled by Justin Olin with a 29. Another one of these guys people were looking at picking up for a Cleary replacement, but those two, along with Hughes, didn't particularly work out too well. But when the Roosters are only scoring zero points, it's not too much there. Obviously, a thrashing of 46 points. Melbourne, uh, on top of the world, flying. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very hard to stop them. Um, coming into September. The next game, the Warriors 18, the Dragons 19. I'm not too sure if this was a case of the Dragons beating the Warriors, but the Warriors beating themselves up 18-6 to with very, very little time to go. Tad Townsend in a pretty good position. Uh, went for the field goal when they're up by eight points, I think, uh, from memory, and obviously missed. And then the Dragons came back. Corey Norman had a chance to win it in regular time with a goal kick from the sideline, hit the upright, uh, but then sealed it with a field goal, and then also lost his wallet at Paul Vaughan's house. Going to wait and see what the big implications for the NRL are. Uh, there's been plenty of players fined 1000 bucks, but I think the NRL might come down even harder on them than what the, uh, the New South Wales Police Force did. Uh, the best hooker replacement, in my opinion, Ben Hunt with a 93. Fantastic from him. The party host, S himself, Paul Vaughan, 84. Matt Dufty, 77. Blake Laurie, 71. Jared Beale, 70. And, uh, yes, Mr. Corey Worthington himself, Corey Norman, uh, with a 65. Uh, and Josh Kerr with a 61. And Tarek Sims also with a 60. Rounded out. Those guys have sort of scored over 60. I mean, Jack DeBellin in his first start, he pumped out a 58, which I guess is okay. And uh, Josh McGuire coming back from suspension with a 53. For the Warriors, on the other hand, Ellie Cattell with a 95. Wade Egan with a 77. Adam Fanua Blake playing big minutes with a 76. Bunty Afar with a 74. Roger Tuovasashek with a 73. Look, I'll touch on AFB pretty quickly. A lot of people would have brought him in and seen the Matt Lodge news. Uh, obviously, Matt Lodge will be joining the Warriors effective immediately, as from this week. And a lot of people were worried with AFB's output. Um, did score pretty big this game. Went to extra time. So we played a little bit of extended minutes, but still an okay output from AFB. I think you might see that decline a little bit with Lodge coming in. And a lot of people would have moved on to Payne Haas, who had a fantastic game this week. And we'll touch on him. But for the AFB thing, I think people don't stress too much if you see that he puts out a 76 and, and wonder that you should have kept the trade. Because I think the output will go down. I've just realized my microphone levels have been very, very loud this episode, so I do apologize. Um, yeah, as for AFB, people have been sweating on the big score that he put out, but I think in hindsight, like hindsight's a fantastic thing in Supercoach, but uh, I think if you went with another option, I think that's okay. Uh, AFB will still average you like... I don't know, 64, 65. Um, but yeah, I think if you went with Payne Haas, it might be a better t- option uh, long term. The Panthers also getting this one done by one point against the Eels, 13 to 12. Mitch Moses with a kick after the game to win it for them. Unfortunately, didn't hit, and uh, Penrith get the win without Cleary. Uh, and we see Jerome Lewis suffer a four week. Uh, four to five week injury with his knee, which will him out of origin. And I think Supercoach, probably time to move him on. He's just not clicking. Uh, didn't play well at seven, didn't play well at six. So yeah, Jerome Luai, his stocks have just fallen off a cliff. And if a lot of people bought him at the sky high price, like myself, it's just sort of all tumbled down. Um, yes, yeah, so Apicorosau with 97, top scored for the Penrith Panthers. Isaiah Yeo with a 67, Viliami Kikau with a 67, Brian Toto with a 66, Tyrone May with a 61. Rounds out the 60-plus scorers for Panthers. Someone I will touch on as well that has sort of fallen off a cliff, James Fisher-Harris. Now, from memory, Fish had a fantastic first stint, uh, 35 points or thereabouts, and then, yeah, just doesn't seem to be playing big minutes in that second stint, so... I think there's going to be other issues in people's teams to trade him out and whatnot. 
But yeah, one of these guys that had so much potential in the front row position and sort of has fizzled out as well. Um, another guy with plenty of potential but has lived up to it, Isaiah Papali'i with another fantastic score of 122. What a revelation he has been for people's front row forwards slash uh, 2RF. He's been absolutely killing it. Very, very good uh, super coach game. Very, very scorer friendly. And when he does get a try, uh, it, it excels his score through the roof. Uh, another man that's been putting out some great scores, uh, playing more of a ball player, which I didn't think he had in his game, but Nathan Brown uh, has been killing it as well. Ryan Madison back to playing big minutes with a 70. Regan Campbell-Geller with a 63. Rounds out the top 60 for the Panrath, uh, sorry, the Panamata Eels. Um, Mitch Moses, oh, I'll touch on the origin selection. People are up in arms and, and saying, what happens? Why didn't we pick Adam Reynolds? But look, the, game, the series is 2-0. What is the benefit of picking Adam Reynolds, a guy that is on the decline in his career? Getting He's not getting any younger. Uh, you're going to need some cover for Nathan Cleary if he does go down. So I don't hate the Mitch Moses pick. Probably not the most popular pick in terms of the public, but I think he is the most sort of Nathan Cleary-esque player without being Nathan Cleary. Now, I'm not saying that he is as good as Cleary, not by any stretch. But if you look at the, at the game types, um, Moses is sort of an Aldi version of, of Cleary. I think he can do a job, uh, an okay kicking game, doesn't control the game as well as Cleary, but um, for a second string halfback, I think that's still quite young uh, under Freddie, he'll develop a little bit. And I think New South Wales fans have nothing to fear. I just don't see this Queensland side really challenging them regardless. I think it's going to be a pretty comprehensive, clean sweep. Speaking of comprehensive, 66-0, uh, mainly defeating the Bulldogs in, as I said at the start of the show, if you owned Ruben Garrick, Jason Saab, and Trevojevic and played all three, you had a fantastic week. Ruben Garrick, 169. Jason Saab, 162. Tom Trevojevic, 144. The deadly trio of the two wingers and the fullbacks. Um, look, I didn't captain Trevojevic because oh, I put the VC on him, but my, my thinking was that they'll go up 30-0 at halftime, which is exactly what they did, Turbo would be on about 100, and and Desi would just hook him, um, Desi would just bring him off, have him, have him give him a shower, uh, heading into another Origin game, but Desi played in the full 80, and look, I'm thankful that he didn't go bigger than what he did, like, we got to think about um, the amount of bombs that, that he had, the, the Ben Trevojevic uh, no-try with the obstruction, uh, the Hamwal Olakowatu, uh just basically ball hogged it and didn't give it to him. So there's another 30, 40 points that he could have had. And there was a forward pass to Ruben Garrick. There was another forward pass to Saab, I think, from memory. So yeah, a Turbo could have gone ballistic in this game. But 66 points, Garrick, Saab, Trevojevic, do it all. Uh, fantastic output from the three of those. Cherry Evans also with 119. Uh, Sipley with a with 100. Lock and Croak with an 82. Carl Lawton with a 77. Hamwell Olakwatsu with a 63. Plethora of guys putting out big scores, but you would expect that in a side that uh, put up 66 points to zip. Only one man scored above 60. And you have to feel sorry for Josh Jackson. Uh, 63, but just plays with so much heart for this club. Um, I think he's a lot better than the, the level that the, the sides at, but we know that how, I guess, not influential, but how, like, how much you link Josh Jackson to the Bulldogs, and there's a lot that needs to be done to fix this side, unfortunately. I think they're in a world of hurt, and the signings they've made, I don't think are really going to change too much for them. Uh, I think their forwards really lack winning the advantage, and it's all well and good to have, like, Josh out of car, but if he's not going to get the ball, what's the point of paying him massive money each year? Yet another uh, blowout. 
the Raiders 6, the Titans 44. The Jamal Fogarty show 104 from him, 93 from AJ Brimson, 91 from Mo Fodawaker, 86 from Philip Sami, 82 from David Fafita, 76 from Kevin Proctor, 74 from Brian Kelly, 73 from Patrick Herbert. Uh, a lot of big scores in a side that looks really good uh, with Fafita back in the side. When Fafita plays... Just straight and hard. That's when the Titans look their best. And they've got a couple of back in, big ins back in. Koi uh, Thompson, obviously, is going to help them on the wings with a bit of strike power. But the key man is David Fafita, obviously. I think when he is just playing direct footy, that's when the Titans are at their best. And uh, hopefully, after the origin stretch, they can string some wins together. And we can see the Titans make a big shake-up in the finals. For the Raiders, Josh Papali'i, with one of the best first stints I've ever seen uh, in terms of Supercoach. I think he had 42 points in 26 minutes, something ridiculous. Uh, he was sort of the only forward to to really put in much of an effort for them. Corey Hadawira Naira with a 61, playing in the centres for the first sort of 20 minutes of the game, which was worrying, and the output wasn't there. But a 61, you'll scrape that. But they were the only two that scored over uh, 60 points for the Raiders. A Raiders side that I just, for some reason, you keep putting so much faith in them to do well, but it just never delivers. And I don't know what's what's happened. Like I, I think it shows how influential Charles Nickel Cookstar is for this side. Um, Bally Simonson has been a bit of a disaster pick that hasn't panned out and I think that you have to just cut your losses on him and move on if you did uh, put a lot of stock in him at fullback unfortunately um, the Knights with Callum Ponga back another side that looks fantastic 38-0 a common thread here we had two close games on Friday but uh, a lot of them were separated by by pretty big margins the Knights, as I said, 38-0. Kalen Ponga back and starring for them with a 96. Connor Watson with a 107. Dominic Young, uh, obviously, you guys know how much stock I put in this kid. 88 from him. Jacob Saifidi with a 71. Mitchell Pierce with a 67. Jake Clifford with a 65. Kurt Mann with a 61. Rounds out the top 60 for those guys. Uh, just a well-rounded performance from the Knights. And I think they'll be most happy with the fact that... Not the fact that they scored 38 points, but the fact that they conceded zero. That's always a positive to take away. Uh, from any footy side. Looking at these numbers from the Cowboys, uh, Scott Drinkwater put up 70 points as a 5-8th uh, in a side that scored 0 points. That's not too bad, actually. Uh, Kyle Felt with a 66. Jason Tamalolo with a 60. Uh, that, that's it for them, unfortunately. Not uh, too much else to talk about. Lolo scoring a 60. I didn't really watch this game too hard, so I can't comment on his um, sort of output, whether it improved or if it was just bigger minutes. But yeah, the Cowboys... With no head coach uh, this week, sort of no no surprise. I struggled against a night side that had their full spine um, back and had some pretty key influential players. And key influential players was the key to this Broncos uh, upset over the over the Sharks. Tessie New at fullback. I love Tessie New. Uh, I rate him extremely highly. You guys know that followed the page for a little bit that I had him in my game one Queensland side. Yeah, at fullback, it's his best position and, and absolutely killed it. And fantastic to see 104 from him. Payne Haas with a 90. Katani Staggs with a 64. He is the key man back, uh, in my opinion. The game plan is pretty simple for the for the Broncos. Get the ball to Katani Staggs ASAP and just watch him be destructive. It's what the Knights should be doing with Bradman Best when he was uh, back in the side without Kalen Ponga. Just get the ball to your strike center and have them just do what they do. They're so freakishly strong, so quick, and so talented. Um, fantastic to see Katani Staggs back playing footy. Uh, for the Sharks, there was a plethora of guys that scored over uh, 60 points despite them on the receiving end of the loss. They were Aiden Tubman with an 83, Connor Tracy with a 76, Will Kennedy with a 76, Sean Johnson with a 75, Britton Nakora with a 70, Sione Katol with a 70, and Jesse Ramian with a 62. For the Sharks... Uh, it's not so much the lack of attacking threat. I think that it's putting up too many, like they're having too many points put up against them. 
Um, I don't don't know where they sort of go from here. I I hated the sacking of John Morris when it happened. Uh, I understand that you bring in Craig Fitzgibbon, but John Morris had runs on the board. And, yeah, look, I think they're building something nice that they're getting... uh, a lot of good recruits through the door and getting rid of some of the deadwood. I still think there's some ways to go for the Sharks to be uh, back up there competing as they were in 2016. And the last game of the round, the Tigers 22, the Rabbitohs 38. This one could have been a lot worse on the scoreboard than what it was. The Tigers clawed it back a little bit with a couple of late tries, but Adam Dewey with a 97, Jacob Little with a 69, Lucian Lua with a 64, Joe Offerhand Gary with a 60. For the Rabbitohs, it was that left edge, uh, killing it, Walker and Johnston pairing up. Uh, 107 for Alex Johnston, 99 for Cody Walker. But Campbell Graham also chimed in with 102 on the right-hand side. Cam Murray with an 86. Adam Reynolds with a 69. Tane Milne with a 66. Tom Burgess with a 62. Uh, rounds out sort of the, the big scorers for them. As I said, this was a week that was dominated by Manly and the thrash they put on the Bulldogs. If you had any significant pieces of that Manly backline, you would have seen green arrows this week. Even myself, like I didn't have a, a fantastic week at all. I had a below-pass score without Captain Turbo, and I still saw green arrows. So it just shows you that um, if you can nab a couple of one or two of those big guys, then you should be seeing... Uh, a good score for you in the week. Um, but that's going to round it out for us guys this week. As always, we are back tomorrow to recap the Teamless Tuesdays. It will be a little bit shorter episode because of the buys. Uh, and also the run home on Thursday. But hopefully you guys are having a fantastic season. Uh, we're winding down now, getting to the pointy end of the season for all your cash comps. Um, good luck in them. For all you overall guys that are, that are still killing it, well done. And uh, good luck. But for now, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 